one of my first TV sets was following you. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the A-list, they used to put the headliner on first, and then the new guy. And it was the reason I remember it is I'm waiting to go on, and some guy comes up. He's like, "We'll bring you right out after we clean up the blood." Yeah, that's why I headlined because nobody could follow me because <laughs> not because of the material, but because of the mess. Right, but I had to. You'd cut your arm off. Yeah, I always used bl- stage blood. Uh, cut my arm off or, or drooling blood out of my mouth or something. You know, was that? But was it always that? I mean, was it magic first, or was it? I mean, where'd you start out? Um, I started out doing magic, but I was not really good at it. You know, I I did my high school talent shows, the last show I ever did. As a magician? Yeah, it bombed so horribly. (laughs) What'd you do? Uh, uh, Listen. Where'd you go to to high school? I went to Fraser, Michigan. Um, You're uh, from Michigan? Right outside of Detroit. Oh, really? That's where you grew up? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So like, like, and you're a little older than me. Yeah. Maybe. I'm 50. Yeah. I'm 55 I am. I'm 50. Are you? So, like, when you were growing up in Michigan, were you into rock and roll? Yeah, yeah. Bob Seger and- You saw them when they were coming up? Oh, yeah. I know Bob Seger. He used to own part of the Comedy Castle. Oh, really? Yeah. The part of the- He was- He'd come in once in a while because watch his investment. I I remember him saying to me, I'll I'll buy as much cocaine as you can find. That's what he said. (laughs) And he said, said, you're talking to the wrong guy, man. (laughs) You just lost your money. So, and I couldn't find- any nobody had bad night yeah nobody had a thing yeah i felt so bad and nobody's ever said that to me since you you are one of the uh the the sort of like the mythology around amazing jonathan (laughs) uh and cocaine is epic yeah yeah it was i did a lot of it i did a lot of it and and for a long time i wasn't i wasn't one of the guys who who quit after robin williams and and no belushi's party yeah uh, Were you I, at that party? I, no, but I, that's when everybody quit around that year. Right, right. Everyone got thought, oh, "Well, this is serious." You know, right, this, right, right, right. People were going this down. Could kill you? Yeah. No, I kept going, man. I didn't. That didn't phase me at all. I well, you eventually ended up smoking it, right? Yeah, I did. I ended that was up it. smoking it, and then you know what got me off of it? What speed? <laughs> <laughs> Little crystal meth. Yeah, took man. Took the edge off. I did, couldn't get coke one night. Someone said that speed is the only thing left to do. So I, I actually smoked that too. After and yeah, that just jammed and it, for it was like days. it wasn't like 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 it is today. It was like spe- speed. It was like you don't you don't smoke it. You you snort it. But right. I, I smoked it anyway. Right. And I would write like a fiend. I'd go in my garage and I would write and get write things organized. Write. Yeah, yeah. It, it just build all kinds of great props for my show and really, yeah. It would really. I, the whole show was written on, on that, and then it stopped. I stopped being creative on it and learned how to eat again. And it was just like now I was a normal guy. Would, just with a habit you yeah know? yeah it wasn't the same well, but, but it, it took a while to get there didn't it? i mean so you start in michigan you're yeah. growing up wait what kind, what's your real name uh john zealous and zealous? And, and i changed it to jonathan didn't drop the h because i didn't know you were supposed to drop the is, h what is zealous hungarian yeah good call yeah. yeah so your parents were they actually hungarian no my dad was parents my dad was hungarian but he was born here his parents are from Hungary. what did yeah. he work in the auto industry he, he designed tanks Really? And machine guns. Yeah, he designed, he was a draftsman. So he, I would get to watch the tanks uh, go to, when he went to work, at, there was a big test track in, the, in his, the backyard of this place. And there yeah. was a straight up incline of cement. Must have gone 60, 70 feet and the tanks would try to get to the top of that, and, that hill. And he was like a tank engineer? Yeah, he was a tank draftsman. He just drew the plans out and stuff. Uh, wow. Yeah. And, yeah, and he did that. He hated his job and he worked for, for 30 years at this job. And yeah. finally he retired and he died a week later later man oh really yeah he never got to get one on un- a uh, retirement God damn it yeah i know and he hated it he was just looking forward to it he's going to travel a little bit and relax. how old was he uh i think he was around 60 how old were you i was uh i was 
God, I had to be about 24 because I was playing at the Jeff Valdez's club, uh, comedy. In, in Denver? In Colorado Springs. Mm. I was in Colorado Springs with Ali Joe Prater, who was- Ali Joe Prater? <laughs> yeah. And his gout and his cane? And where is he? <laughs> no, he was still walking at this oh, time. Yeah, yeah he, Ali Joe Prater. I saw, I saw him fall off a bar stool completely backwards, just get <laughs> tip his head back wait, and bang, down wait, he went. One of the great joke thieves, Ali Joe Prater. Yeah, he was a great joke. And, and, and yeah. proud of it. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, that, that that's when you didn't get into trouble, or he didn't take shit for. He, I think it was before he made a lot of money being a joke. He made he was. Well, he I think was, he was stealing hacky jokes. But it, he would kill though. He would actually he would drink all night during the set. He would do. Drink. By the time I saw him, it was over. You know, oh, like really? I was well, I was a doorman at the comedy store in '87, uh, yeah. and he was already on a cane, and he you know Mitzi would. Had, was putting him up at the top when she owned that little house at the top of the ramp of the parking lot of the Hyatt. There yeah. was a little house there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I lived in Crest Hill, but she had that one too. And he was up in there when he wasn't on the road and he was already kind of ill. Yeah, he got sick. Yeah, he got sick pretty pretty bad. But I remember watching, he's the first guy I ever saw do cocaine. Really? Him and A. Whitney Brown and me went to the Jack Tar Hotel in San Francisco and uh, I watched him snort coke and put water up his nose. He used to just snort, cup water in his hand and snort it. And I'm like, what, what the hell is he pretty, doing? It's a pretty amazing day, that first day you see somebody <laughs> When was coke. your first? I think I was in high school, and I think it was where I was working at a, at a bagel place, and the owner was sort of a blow monkey. And, uh, and I believe the first time I did it, was because he turned me on to it. I was probably 14 or 15. You take to it really fast. <laughs> well, if you're into it. I mean, I think some people see that shit and they're like, what the fuck? And other people are like, I, I need to be part of that yeah, for about 30 years. Yeah, I think that years. once you decide to do it the first time, you're into it right away. But when and you were then, a kid, you weren't into it? Not really, no. I, went, no, I never did coke. I did other stuff. I did like mescaline and stuff sure. like that. You know, People so you, even never... You never hear mescaline anymore. No, it's a, it's a, that's a rare one. Yeah, yeah. nobody makes mescaline. No, no I don't think mescaline. I wouldn't take me. it anyway. So you put a you put a line of coke in front of me right now, and I'd freak out. I would just like I wouldn't do it. I, the smell smell of it makes me just like uh, <laughs> it brings all these I memories mean, come flooding back. Into, how long have you been off though? Oh, a long time. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Are you clean everything? Uh, no, not. You know what? Well, I'll tell you the story. Uh, uh, I just got diagnosed uh, about six years ago. I got diagnosed with a heart condition. For, is it like gen uh, it's congenital, or did you it's, do it? It's degenerative. But did well, you do well, it? I could have very well have done it. I mean, no one would be shocked if I said, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, everyone. So, well, they said it's because I, I I might have had a virus when I was a kid and that caused what's it called cardiomyopathy. But you know, I didn't tell the doctors what I was doing. I mean, sure. it, you can fool an X-ray with with speed. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so you were but, on it when you got the X-ray? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't on when I got the X-ray. But when after I found out the results, mm -hmm. from, I said, you know what? If I'm dying, you know. Why not? You know, and now I was I've been given like a, a time stamp. Like you got two years. Really? I, yeah, it tops maybe a year to two years because they're my right now my my heart is is failing and and um, they can't give me a transplant because I'm diabetic and they won't give it to a diabetic. Were you always diabetic? Uh, for the for the last maybe fifteen twenty years. Uh -huh. Type two though. Uh huh. You know? But never took care of it. Never yeah, took yeah. care of it, you know. Um, so what's going if on? If I did my medicine like I did my medicine, sure. And then I'd be, you know. So I'd you be, could die any minute. N n yeah, I could. Right now, right now, it's uh, within the last seven or eight months. I found out that, 
you know, if, if these drugs we're giving you don't work, you have about a year to oh two years. God. But I you know, know what, Mark? I mean, do you have a pacemaker or something? No, I have a whole thing I got to wear that's uh, it's a defibrillator that's over my heart. You have it on now? No, I took it off before I came in. Why'd you take it off now? Because it'd be so cool to die on your show. Okay, all right. <laughs> Come on. It'd be so great. <laughs> it'd, be first... it'd be better than Gallagher walking <laughs> yeah, out. <laughs> it sure would. Yep. Oh. So, no, because it's, it's a real pain in the ass to wear it. It's all over the place. I got electrodes all over the place. You have to wear a defibrillator that what kicks in yeah this thing will if, if, if i pass out uh this thing will detect that and if uh, i have 30 seconds to shut it off if i if i don't shut it off it shoots this blue jelly all over me and conductive jelly and zaps me and it Get warns yeah it warns people stay away from it because people will start to touch you and shake you are you all right yeah it'll stop their heart and start mine so it's oh kind of like god. the ultimate practical joke yeah. that be? <laughs> <laughs> oh my i know so you, you go on stage with that on uh yeah i have I, I i did my last show last weekend i announced that i was retiring from from doing shows i did my last shows in toledo and uh, I'm done now. I'm finished. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna go to the Magic Castle and shoot a special. Uh, do t- six shows there and and two, in two nights and shoot a special. And that's that's not for the public though. But right. my last show for the public's over. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I'm done, man. So do you, are, are so you, are you ask me if I'm partying. Fuck yeah, man! I'll get my hands on anything right now, and I'll do it I, because you know it, the pain. Seriously? Level, yeah, because I, the pain in my hands and my feet right now. Are so it's so bad. It's from so, what? It, from my heart not pumping blood to my extremities. Oh really? Yeah. So so it's my hands are always tingling. I always feel like like my feet. My feet. I can't walk more than twenty feet. They lock up. The last few shows I did uh, halfway through, my, I started locking up. Everything started seizing up. My hands were like like a claw, like a, you know when you get cramps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so. Uh, yeah, you see, you'll see me looking for heroin in about two months. Come on, well, wouldn't you if you're dying? I don't know. I mean, it depends uh, yes, what quality of life yes, you, you want to have. Well, this is no quality of life. I mean, but you're awake. You're. I'm getting alert. married too. That's the you're sad getting part. married. I'm getting married too. And, and, yeah, just, um, but so we don't want to be doing heroin when you're married. No, I, I. But if I start feeling really bad pain, I start going. Fa- I've never tried it, and I would definitely you've try never it. tried heroin no have you yeah well how is it i don't i didn't boot it i just snorted uh, it. that's what i would do I yeah don't, uh, it, it kind of made me nauseous and i fell asleep it, i didn't get the full effect i didn't lock would, in that sounds great nauseous and sleep <laughs> <laughs> that's how, that's how i'm feeling now but i'm man. like you man i like I'm, to go fast i like la, la, yeah, la, 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 la. i like i like focus drugs i never was a drinker i never drank yeah never drank i always did drugs that make you focused and not sleep you know be awake all the time so but so you start and you, you start as a kid as a magician yeah, and, and then, the, the, then the talent show stopped me from doing that. The talent show that I did at my high school yeah. went so horribly wrong that the next day in school, the kids didn't tease me. They didn't tease me. Kids are cruel about that stuff. Yeah. It was so bad, they just... <laughs> they, they, they didn't say a word. They, even, they avoided me, man. They just avoided <laughs> all did, eye how contact. How did it go so bad? You couldn't find right, that coin or right. what? Listen to that. I did six tricks, and yeah. all six tricks went wrong. I mean, the girl in the sword box had a leg cramp, and she said, I have to get out. I have to get out of the Stop sword box. Stop it. I, seriously. Yeah. So she got out of the sword box halfway through the trick and yeah. knocked all the sides off, and the right. mirror, two, mirrors, two mirrors smashed. Yeah. Uh, uh, I killed my dove. I, I, you produced, did not. I pr- produced a dove and it ran, it got out of my hand and was running and I chased it and it stopped real fast and right. I couldn't stop that fast. You killed the bird. I ran right over it. I squashed oh, it with my That's why foot. they didn't make fun of you. Yeah. And then, and then 
Oh, I exposed the levitation. You can see the steel bar holding the girl up in the air the whole entire time. It was supposed to be hidden until I got right in front of it. We well, had some pretty big tricks for a teenager. Yeah, I had illusions. I was, I was. Uh, this was going to be my big, this, you know, yeah, yeah. This, this could get me thing. the chicks in high school. Yeah. This was going to be. And you made me from an idiot. And, and you killed the sk- a bird. You showed yeah, the trick. The yeah. chick wouldn't stay in the box. And then the final thing was the guillotine, and I said that can't go wrong because the blade falls. It goes penetrates the neck and doesn't cut the head off, and that's the trick. And then they shut the lights off. Well, they shut the lights off just as the blade started to drop, so you never saw it penetrate the guy's neck. He just went blacked out. Right? And that was it. All, all done to Elton John's funeral for a friend. And I'm dressed like a dick from Godspell with the rainbow suspenders and the heart on my forehead. Come I, on. Which, I thought that was so cool. Like Doug Henning. Yeah, I had my hair permed like Doug Henning. And, <laughs> and I, w- I just tanked, man. And I got went to Toronto and got so shit-faced after that night. And I said, I'll never do magic again. And I never did. Never did a serious magic show after that. So how many brothers and sisters did you have? I had two sisters, two older sisters, no no brothers. Are they still around? Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're around. And so now, all right, so how do you decide to get into show business after that disaster? All right, well, listen, this is funny. This is really, really funny. This is, I, I used to be able to bend spoons. I, I figured out how to bend a spoon with uh, using my mind, but it was just misdirection. I would make them look away for a second, and I would bend it. And, is that but, what most hand swipe yeah, hand is? Yeah, but I, I could do it really, really well, and I did it for my physics teacher, who I really admired, and he said to me, is that real? Are you really doing this, or is it a trick? Yeah. And I was really unpopular in school. I was like not standing out at all yeah so I, I lied and i said yeah i can really do it thinking that that would be the end of it yeah nah and it's I, the next hour i'm sitting in class i hear on the speaker can jonathan john zellos please come to the principal's <laughs> i'm shit this yeah. has something to do with the spoon bending yeah. i know it does yeah i walk in there there's my mom and my dad who they, they call out of work a bunch of spoons on the desk and a local reporter from the macomb daily paper yeah and i'm like fuck this is not what, good so man. the physics teacher set you up to this yeah if, he asked me if it was real and i lied to him and said yeah so yeah he called he told uh, and they got a reporter to come down they wanted me to demonstrate my powers my mom took me aside before this i said can you really do this or are you just lying yeah. and i looked her straight in the eye and i said i can really do it this is like a snowball going right. down i said i can really do it yeah and so I proceeded to bend all the spoons, and they freaked out. And, and then I thought- you, you succeeded in the trick at all times. Yeah. I, I, I bent everything, and the reporter's he's chomping at the bit to do this great story about yeah. a psychic kid. Yeah. But I had to figure a way out of it, because I figured that the magicians, local magicians, would bust me on it and make me a fraud. But, but, but they, can't, they can't give away the trick. Why would they- well, they, would, they would say, I'm lying. That, that This is what he's doing, like, like magicians do. You know, magicians, they I, bust Yuri Geller for doing it. Yeah. They'll bust me, too. I mean- if it's in the paper, you can bet someone's going to come forward and go, "That's bullshit." He's right, just right. So I had to figure a way out of it, and this is how I got out of it. Yeah, I told my mom that I did want to be a normal kid. I didn't want to be a freak in the school. I didn't. <laughs> I just wanted to be a normal kid. I didn't want all, everyone looking at me like I was weird. And she bought it. They all bought it, and nobody did the story. And, but it leaked. This is the good part. It leaked out, and yeah. I I didn't get that that press, which I didn't want. But everyone thought I was this mysterious. And I, I got mad pussy. I got yeah. like mad pussy Come in my on. senior year. Yeah? I did, yeah. Oh, because you were like the wizard. Yeah, I was like yeah. man who fell to earth. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> and that's when you knew show business was the thing? Yeah, like, yeah. Man, if, if a chick thinks that you can read her mind or anything like that, you're in. Did you try to do that with chicks? Oh, yeah. Would they go to the bathroom? I'd go in through their purse, take their license out, get their birth date, know their Zodiac sign. I had all the details. We could put it back fast in their purse they'd come back and hey, we'd be doing lines and uh, let, let me touch your forehead for a minute <laughs> boom you're a virgo boom you were born and then she 
That's so it. So you were man. doing lines in high school? Yeah. Well, not <laughs> no. lines of speed. Oh, okay. Lines of PCP. PCP in high school? Yeah. <laughs> I know PCP is a funny one, isn't it? I don't know. I, oh, didn't, I didn't do that one. No, don't, man. Yeah, I used to do. Isn't PCP. that crazy time? Yeah, I remember trying to hang the Christmas lights up, being on PCP with my mom and dad in the living room, looking at me, yeah. trying, looking, knowing that what, what's wrong with. What them? does it do to you? Not be able to hang Christmas tree lights. <laughs> <laughs> That's the list of things you can't do. Uh, well, it depends on what you're doing. Sometimes it, you, you you want to just go to the hospital sometimes. But my friends would never take me to the hospital. Because he's just freaking out? Well, I would lie there and go, take me to the hospital. I'm freaking out. And they're, 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 they're fucking with me. And they're saying, Let's, they're, di- they're dividing my shit up. I, I want his bike. I want a stereo. You know, doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they tripping yeah. me out even more, you know. So, uh, yeah. So how did you start performing? Um, I went to San Francisco. Uh, the whole t- trip was going to be, we're going to look for peyote in the desert. We're going to go to- Who? Who went? Uh, I, I, we just read those Carlos Castadina books. You right. Know? But you were with a friend? I, w- I was with my cousin and, yeah. and, a, and a guy from high school and a girl who I ended up teaming up with. And uh, we we went out, we drove out from Michigan to California. We yeah. found, found an Indian at a, found at a gas station. Yeah, we found peyote, and we also found poppers, which mm-hmm. I've never tried before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, amyl nitrate, and we. So uh, the Indian had peyote and poppers. He yeah, was a, a well no, versed no, Indian. No, the Indian had peyote, and another Indian uh, yeah. uh, had the poppers. <laughs> the but disco Indian all, had it the was, poppers. It was an all Indian deal, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we knew to look for Indians. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, the poppers are sort of outside the box. I think. Yeah, but. poppers. Yeah, I don't know why he had poppers. Yeah. We, I'd never seen them before. I, I, Real ones. Real aim, yeah, the ones that were like in the, the little, little white to break, thing. yeah, you yeah, to break yeah. them open, yeah, and uh, and so learning the self discovery uh trip that we had made us discover that we we all fucking hated each other. And <laughs> by the time we got to California, they had dropped me off on the side of the road with this girl and they t- took off back home. They wanted to go home, and I didn't want to go home. My whole, my whole thing was I was going to build a treehouse. This is how stupid I was, naive. I thought I could build a treehouse in Malibu or California, up in the woods, right. and live in the treehouse rent free. That was my whole plan. So no plan to be an entertainer. No, no, I just, just wanted to live in a treehouse, and I didn't have plans to do anything. You know, I yeah. just wanted to build a treehouse, like yeah. the Swiss Family Robinson. Sure. I figured that'd be the cheapest. You way and to this go. girl. Yeah, yeah. And of course, that never happened. No, <laughs> no, no. I don't think anyone's really built a treehouse and lived in it that was over seventeen. Yeah. And uh, so we just hitchhiked around, uh, and we ended up in San Francisco. And we, I, we we were so broke that I needed money, and I started doing street performing. What on was the that street. in the seventies? Seventy seven, seventy eight. I was a street performer. So who was on the street? Whitney Brown Whitney, was a Whitney Brown was on the street, and uh, Harry Anderson. Uh, he's the first one I saw that really blew my mind out there. Harry Anderson. Um, I set my stuff up and was doing my show and I went to grab a bite and I came back and Harry had packed all my stuff up and was in my spot. Harry Anderson was yeah. a street performer in San Francisco. Yeah. And A. Yeah. Whitney Brown, because no one knows Whitney is that. No, no. A. Whitney Brown had a dog act. Yeah. He had a, a, a great dog act, a comedy dog act. He inherited this dog from his partner who shot himself in the head. A, he was with A. Whitney and he was gay and he really liked Whitney and Whitney wasn't gay. But, right. And it frustrated this guy so much that he shot himself in the head oh my in front God. of Whitney. Really? Yeah. And so Whitney got this guy's dog and this dog was trained to do everything, man. It could do everything. His name was Brownie Breezebottom. That's what he called him. A. Whitney Brown and his dog of renown. That's That was the name of the show. <laughs> and this was where like in- This was in- Down on the wharf? Yeah. He was working in the cannery, uh-huh. uh, inside the cannery on the little outdoor stage. And uh, 
it was a great act. It was, you know, he would, the dog would jump up and take the hat off his head and, and, and go to, through the audience getting money. And, oh, and, really? Yeah. And every time they, he would tell a dog joke, the dog would run into the doghouse and slam the door closed like he was mad. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it was great. And it was, was he sort of a hippie kind of dude? Like he, long hey, hair? Kind of, yeah. He, he, what, he didn't have long, long hair, but he was a hippie because he ate all natural foods and he was, yeah. he was. And he, Harry Anderson, what was he like? Harry was a hustler. Harry was d- doing uh, a three card money on the street sidewalk shuffle and, and stuff like that and he was great though he got and the crowd he got close up magic yeah and he got like doing close up magic he would get like 200 people standing on the street uh, as opposed to me like you know 40 or 50 people but tops. what was your act then if you didn't know magic uh i did know magic but i wasn't good at it you know i had i was so that was the joke yeah he i watching all these other acts they were all doing comedy they were all putting comedy in their shows so. right I put comedy in my show. A Whitney took me under his wing and, sh- yeah. and showed me how to do, uh, how to write a joke. How oh, really? To, the formula. He gave me Robert Orban books. Do you remember those? Sure. Yeah. I think he's still alive, actually. Yeah, I think he is, too. Yeah, I think he was a speechwriter for the president. Right. He was a great joke writer, and right. he writes for radio stations. But uh, I remember I'd go into the library, and you couldn't check them out, but you could take, copy jokes from them, and right. I learned how the style of writing a joke from that. Right. Because the jokes were so old, you had to update them all, you know? That's how I learned, and then my, the street act made, made me really good really fast, because that's what the streets do, Because you, you gotta pull people in. Oh yeah, if you're bad for a second, they'll the, you'll lose their whole crowd will walk, think, or walk away. Where did Penn and Teller start? Because they were street <clears throat> performers too, they, right? Well, when I was street performing, they were on Off-Broadway in San Francisco uh, doing a show. There were three of them originally. Uh, uh, they were called Asparagus Valley Cultural Society. <laughs> and that's what they were called. Yeah. It was Penn Teller and a guy called Weir Christmer, who was a musician. Mm-hmm. And they did basically what they're doing now with three people. But they they got one guy to leave. The Pete Best of... of, of right. Yeah. But he was a street performer. I remember talking to Penn. They started yeah, they the did street. Renaissance well, fairs and stuff. That's well, he was... I think, wasn't he solo for a while, this Penn? And then... Yeah. And yeah, they... He, Penn did... Was a juggler. Oh, right. And he did Renaissance festivals. And, and, and they worked a lot of San Francisco street fairs and stuff. But... Uh, they were had a pretty good run in off Broadway show. And, yeah, uh, and I used to go watch them when I was just nineteen or twenty. I used to watch them. So when was the first you know sort of spectacle? When when what did you when did you start to develop the style of uh, kind of over the top um, insanity? Somebody, somebody once gave me a blood capsule. I used to do the razor blade trick where I would swallow razor blades and swallow thread and bring them up all on a thread. Yeah, but uh, someone said you know try this doing that with a blood capsule and freak them out yeah, pretend like you cut yourself so that's the first thing the, re- the reaction from that when i when i started drooling the blood and yeah. and, and uh, pretending like i cut myself people would come around it's like an accident you can't take your eyes off it did you ever com- uh, admit to that it wasn't real blood oh yeah i think they knew it wasn't real blood because i was i, I would yeah. smirk on and right, laugh right. about it so I mean, that was the first that was the portal yeah so every trick after that had blood in it i mean I, I, <laughs> Even cut and restored rope, I would put somewhere there would be blood in it. So yeah, I I learned how to do shock shock yeah. stuff on the street by shock. And there was a water drought. I remember there being you couldn't use a lot of water because it was right. a huge drought. And I would tell the crowd if they didn't stop, I was going to pour. I had all these buckets of water. I'd pour them out and you know say if you don't stop, I'm wasting all this water. I'd grab a little kid and hold a knife to his throat. I would do anything and and and. I learned on the street, and then Shields and Yarnell were were just leaving the streets at that time. The too. mimes, the mimes, yeah, right. They were in San Francisco. Yeah, 
Wow. Yeah. This is this whole world of, of it comedy. Was, it was a whole generation of comedy out there. And who else was out there? Uh, Whalen Flowers and Madame came out a few times. and did Really? Their, yeah. I was just saying, I wrote a funny joke the other day. I was just saying this would be funny to get Whalen Flowers and Madame, if he was the still alive, and Willie Tyler and Lester and book them in a show, a big country show. Yeah. And call it Whalen and Willie, right? <laughs> you get a thousand country people in there and it's a gay guy and a black guy. <laughs> doing with, with, doing pep with puppets. I, I would love watch uh, that show. That would be so fun. You just wrote that joke yeah, recently? Yeah, I just wrote that. <laughs> So how do you make the break from the street? All right, so I made the break from the street because I kept getting arrested. My, when, when I started getting really good, the crowds would get really big, and they would go out into the, to the street. I would try to get rein them in, but I couldn't do it because it was like 200 people. Like, and they Harry. bust you for that? Yeah, they bust me for it because I was the one causing it. So they get you for obstruction. Right. And the businesses on the Fisherman's Wharf didn't really want street performers, so they made sure the cops, whenever they could bust us, would bust us. So right. I was spending weekends in jail all the time, and Whitney was coming to bail me out all the time and and uh <clears throat> it just got to be ridiculous and then now had the <clears throat> drug started uh yeah I, I, w I was doing uh buying sugar cubes uh on the street of acid yeah union square there'd be a guy that sells sugar cubes the late 70s so it was <clears throat> a good acid 77 no but half the time it was fake and half the time it was real you never knew if so you'd be tripping in street performance no, I didn't really perform when I was high that back then. I, yeah. would, I, I would wait, you yeah. know, till uh, that nighttime and stuff, and yeah. and do it. Yeah, I always could perform. I never did a drug that would hamper my performance. Like, like I said, I like focus drugs. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen guys in San Francisco do acid and go on stage, and I'm like, how the hell do you like Ray Booker and those guys? Like, yeah, yeah. How the fuck are you doing that? So, man? did you do clubs in San Francisco? Yeah, that's what I did. I at, when the streets were over for me, when I decided I had to get off the streets, then I went in. I went to the Holy city zoo audition for tony DePaul and Cantu. yeah they gave me regular spots because i mean a street act doing that with that energy put on a little tiny stage they they never seen anything that was like a that tiny room yeah they had never seen an act like that now who was around then steve pearl uh, yeah steve pearl dana carvey uh um, um ellen degeneres i was with um Bob Rubin. Bob Rubin. Bob uh, was my opening act in Vegas not too long ago, like two, three years ago. Yeah, was I, he all right? Yeah, Bob was great, man. I, I mean, I love, I love his act. Me too. He's trying. They, to they get... don't know how to take him, you know. Yeah. And I think that's funny to yeah. watch the audience not know how to take him. <laughs> the old Rube. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's so tall, taller than the tallest. Yeah, yeah. He's just. I would love. I would like the, the more he didn't go over, the more I laughed. It's you know? nice to be with somebody you like to watch. Yeah. Yeah. He's Rube trying to come guys. back around. Is he? Yeah. He's well, he was sitting in that movie. I was watching Boondock Saints, yeah, and yeah. he had a huge part. He was yeah. a villain in that. Yeah, I think he he had he kind of had some rough times. He always does. He's yeah. always up and he's down. He's up and he's down. <laughs> That's mostly problem. down, mostly down, but <laughs> yeah. he'll never give up, man. So you're doing the zoo. Yeah, so I'm doing the zoo, and... Uh, and I remember Robin Williams came in and, and was showing everybody's Mork and Mindy contracts, and he was like making five grand a week. Wow, we, yeah. we were all pouring over right. that, you know. And he would come in and do sets all, almost every night, you know. Uh, and then Cobb's Pub was around, and then there's a lot of rooms back then outside of San Francisco that I would do the Country Store Tavern. Yeah, remember that Country Store? I don't Tavern? know. I was after that was before. It my was Rooster Tea Feathers. Rooster's, turned, yeah. yeah, that's what it turned into. Rooster and, yeah, that, that's still around. Yeah, that's a good room. It is a great room. The energy in those rooms were fantastic. It's a nice and, setup. It's a nice yeah. setup. So I did that for, for years and years. I, I played uh, San Francisco and developed the, my show and then did the comedy competition and, and stuff For John like that. Fox? Yeah. You did? Yeah. John Fox is the guy that got me my first big break. Really? Yeah. He he took three comics to from San Francisco to the Improv in LA. They were doing a showcase industry night. 
None of us had ever played in L.A. before. Who were the and comics? It was me. It was um, Will Durst. Yeah. And it was, uh, God, was it Billy J? Probably. Maybe. What uh, happened to that guy? I don't know. I don't yeah. either. I saw him in New York for years, and then I just don't know what happened to him. Yeah, so the three of us showcased at the improv, and uh, I did a killer set that night. And after I got off stage, all these producers came up, and I got three three TV shows in one night. That's what started. I got, what were you closing? I with? got I got thick. Uh, I was closing with putting a bucket on my head, taking the bucket off, and my head was shaped like a bucket. After that, yeah, it was a cartoon <laughs> effect. <laughs> How'd you do that? I had a bucket inside of a bucket, <laughs> like a you know. It didn't really. It was the stupidest thing. I, I was my club. Do I look pale? Oh, yeah. So, um, so John Fox. That's it. It's nice to hear a nice story about John Fox. Yeah, I, I owe him that. And 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 then after that, I got the, uh, thick of the night. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. It was the, the show that was going to replace think. Carson. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I got Thick of the Night. I got HBO's Young Comedian Special. Which one? Uh, the one, eighth, the eighth annual. Who was John, on with John you? Candy. Uh, I was on with uh, um, Steve Sweeney, um, uh, the guy that does Mystery Science, Joe Hodgson, yeah. Paula Poundstone, myself. Um, uh, and Poundstone was San Francisco at that time, wasn't she? Or no? Yeah, she, she yeah. was. Paula, Paula was. She'd uh, left Boston already. Yeah, yeah, she was with us. So it was uh, you and Paula and Joel and, and Steve uh, Sweeney. Steve Sweeney and Carol Siskind. Oh, really? I, I can't think of who else. I think there's one, maybe one or two. But I, Kenny Rogerson was supposed uh, to be on it, but he got too drunk before the show, uh, and I didn't use his set. Uh, and you could see him in the background during the during. If you watch that special, you'll see him back there by himself at a table, looking down like. Oh, I know, I so do it. Sad, man. I know, and he's he was so, so good. Yeah, Kenny, so all the Boston funny. comics. Are, he's still were, funny, man. Yeah, they they were they were all fucking drunks, and uh, yeah. Boston was probably contributed a lot to my to my my use. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was a guy there that he was a, he was in the mafia. He was a he was a hitman. Everybody knew, and, and he was the guy that used to deal the coke in Boston for, to everybody. And he said he sold church bells, but we we all know what he really did. Where down at Nick's? Yeah, down at Nick's. Exactly yeah. right. He was good, man. When I got when I, <laughs> it's with the warm, the nostalgic when, warm memories. Yeah. Well, I mean, he two times he offered to to lend his services to me, mm-hmm. and two times I was tempted to do it. Too. Oh, yeah, I was gonna. It's use scary it. how easy. Well, that somebody is. stole three hundred thousand dollars from me. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So he said, "You want me to take care of him?" And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I do." But yeah. It's going to come back and get me. It's going to come back and haunt me. It will haunt you. So I told him no. I said, Well, he was just going to work him over or he was going to do him uh, in? No, he was just going to do him in. Oh. But, I, but I I kind of thought maybe just doing him over, I wouldn't get in so much trouble. Right. But uh, I didn't do it. I did you get the money back? No, I never How did. How the fuck did he steal the No, it was it, my agency did it. Remember, do you remember Spotlight? Yeah. That They had every, every comment. Yeah, I they remember. They went bankrupt and everybody right. lost all their money. And they had collected deposits from all these clubs. And put them in, in, in instead of escrow, they put them to their, their general funds to try to keep the company alive. Right. So when they did finally close, there was no we money. had to go out there and do all the dates that we had to honor all the dates that we they took the money for. Right. Uh, I'm and talking like Jay Leno and and, and right. Lenny they had Clark everybody. And yeah. They had everybody. So we all got pimped. I'm, I got I lost three hundred thousand because I had a game show at the time. Merv Griffin. Uh, wrote me a game show and I was doing the game so show. So now, wait, so you're, did you move down to LA then? Yeah, I did. I went from San Francisco, then I moved down to LA and... Uh, now when uh, does the cocaine you start picking up? I never, during that part, I never stopped. And he loved it. I always it. had a good time with it. I yeah. never had bad experience with it, you know. I never? Well, what, what do you consider, I mean, the next morning and the lights We're coming up and the you're birds are die. saying, no, only never thought I was going to die, but here I am. Dying. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> 
That's funny, isn't it? I, I laugh at it, man. I'm like, oh, of course I'm dying. I'm, I thought I'd be dying. I, I'm always thinking I'm dying, you know, the, the way I lived. You know, But it never happened. Never so you, happened. And so then you, I, I happened this time. I mean, the doctors told me six years ago I, I was going to, you know, but... And from this, right? Yeah, but, you're still but kicking. I'm still kicking. Yeah. So. Now, what is this? Um, like they, I, I was told that there was a a period where you went to Alaska. Yeah, yeah. That's, but that was before you went to LA. Yeah, Michael Davis, the juggler. Yeah, he said that the Alaska date was was an amazing gig to play because that taught me how to do cocaine proper. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Like, I what mean, do you mean? These guys would come off the pipeline with so much cash in their pockets, not knowing what to do with it. And, yeah, and. It, and then spend it on all the strippers and that's where i worked that was an mc at a strip club yeah so this is before you made the break yeah this is before i had my break but but they, how long would you go up there for? they wanted me up there for because I, I uh but probably three four weeks at a time uh, right maybe t t once in the summer once in the winter so i get yeah. all dark at one time and all light one time yeah but i lived in a trailer in the parking lot of the strip club right so the strippers when they were done in between sets would come to the trailer and do coke and fuck me so right. that's how i learned how to fuck right yeah. stripper will tell you if you're fucking wrong yeah she, they don't have no patience for that that fucking here it is motherfucker. So you put your hand fuck. there yeah, yeah learn how to fuck and 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 i learned how not to be picky yeah at that time right because <laughs> they were strippers and yeah some of them were you know weren't were really beautiful but because they worked in the last year to get the best strip strippers but where, where would you but it was just for these pipeline guys for these riggers oh huh? yeah they would they would milk these guys they would come down off the pipeline and they, they, they would take every penny they had and and and, and uh and you were doing magic yeah well the, yeah i was just trying to do mad my intro would be something like you want to see some titties yeah but first here's a magician <laughs> and and they hated me man they would literally had guns pulling that you could wear guns on sidearms in alaska i had a gun pull on me i, I got beat up and but I, I i wrote to a whitney brown i said i'm dying up here man i need to send me every book on heckler lines every heckler line book you can send me give it to me and he sent me all these books and i copied them on my paper and i would just read them <laughs> i didn't bother to hide the paper or memorize them it was too fast and furious yeah. and i would just like boom boom and i got really good I, I committed to my head still to this day i could do 100 heckler lines right off the top of my right. head and i got good at it and then, then i got i became actually witty i yeah. mean that, that's you got when, your timing that's when the timing but more importantly the lightning fast responses right. to anything that somebody could yell right and that was the best i think that was the best experience uh for my show is doing that that strip club the streets were rough the strip clubs were rough and by the time i was done with that i had a polished show that worked anywhere and you could do cocaine professional uh, yeah and i could do cocaine I, I used to do it on stage mark i would say it's time for some coke and i would pretend like i was snorting coke off my table but I wasn't pretending I was doing did, it. But you did that for years. Yeah. The cocaine Oh, thing. I would just snort that big, huge right. jug of it. And yeah. That was fake. But, yeah. uh, but but I would literally, literally snort lines off the table and everyone thought I was fucking around. Everyone, but a guy on stage knew I wasn't because he saw it going up the straw, but nobody else did. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, man. I, feel, I, I would write, I used to write bits to keep me off stage. So I, when I started smoking it, I had to get off stage and I would go, I wrote a bit that I had an audience member up there was following directions, taped instructions on how to do a trick. <laughs> and I was in the back hitting the Free pipe. Basement. Yeah, fuck it. I was like, oh my God. I was a loser. I was a loser. But I, I, never, I never missed a gig. I never missed a gig by, by oversleeping. I never did a gig that uh, wasn't worth what they were paying me to do. I mean, I mean money-wise. So, I mean, I, was, I kept it together. What you was know? the Merv Griffin show? Well, Merv, Merv saw me do... Uh, uh, some late night TV show, right? Um, but 
he hired me to do um, in Atlantic City. He owned Resorts International, a casino, and I, I did a show for him there. Yeah, a live show. Yeah, uh, I replaced uh, Rip. Uh, what was the name? Rip. Uh, Rip Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, I replaced Rip Taylor. <laughs> you replaced. Rip yeah, it was Taylor. called Red Hot and Rowdy. The show. <laughs> yeah. So I was the headliner in that, and I and I brought in a lot of business at that time. I was starting to get a good draw, so I brought in a lot of business. And he called me up after it was over and said. Ooh, I got a great idea. He says, you want to do a game show? You want to host a game show? And I went, well, I'm not really the game show type, you yeah. know. And he went, well, this one, you're the, you're the, because I based it off your show. Right. So we want to do it. We, the game is going to be different every time. Every day, There's the game will be different. We will never play the same game twice. Right. That was the whole thing. So I said, yeah. And we went and we, we worked on it. We wrote it. Murray and some writers I hired. Uh, the guys I hired to write, one of them now is the uh, president or vice president of ABC. Which guy? Mike Mike Davies. Oh, really? Yeah, his brother uh, wrote uh, Lethal Weapon, and he was just a guy that used to pick my audience contestants. Now he's like big, the big guy. Like, yeah, he's, he's the wild. guy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these guys that go on to become really huge, I've never asked them for favors, and they've never offered them. <laughs> yeah, but you, you did know? all right. I did all right myself. Yeah, I never really wanted to be an actor. Did yeah. you? Ah, uh, maybe a little. You did? Well, I'm doing a show now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you I'm, act? I'm okay. I mean, I'm I I can be present. Like yeah. I, I, like I did a season like first season of my show. I did okay. This season I'm a little better. Just like listening, I do all right. How are you at memorizing the lines? I'm good at that. Really? Yeah. Have you always been good at memorizing? Yeah, stuff? I seem to be able to do it. That's what scares me the most. It's not yeah. the fact that uh, the acting is that memorizing the lines. Yeah. Well, how yeah. did how did the game show go? Did you did well, you have a good thing. run? Yeah. It, it, well, we did we did the pilot and it was really really cool and uh, NBC loved it and they picked it yeah. up and we shot 65 episodes of it. We we did wow. yeah we did sixty five and then that so was that your big payday the first big payday well it was going to be if that's the three hundred thousand I got ripped off that was like maybe a quarter of the check oh wow yeah but I, I yeah they t stole all of that money and but um yeah we did sixty five episodes and I made I made some money off of that one and and, and then I I quit the show because Merv. I did two episodes they never aired and they didn't pay me for them and my contract said even though if they air or not, I still get paid for them. Well, they didn't want to pay me for them and I, I walked off the show. And uh, and then when NBC found that out, they dropped the show and Merv lost the, lost the show. So there's no love between you and Merv? Well, yeah, we made up. I mean, I saw him at, at the, Rodney used to live at the Beverly Hilton. He used to come down all the time with his bathrobe on, you yeah. know. He lived there at yeah. the hotel. And uh, I saw him at the pool, and then I went over to have lunch. And <clears throat> you were friends with Rodney? No, I just saw him there. I knew he lived there, and I saw him at the pool, and I talked to him for a little bit. I never met him before, so I introduced myself. And and then I went to have lunch, and Merv was there having lunch with with some of the bigwigs. So I took all the silverware from all the tables secretly and put it up my sleeves, and I had it all ready to go. And yeah. it was a big gag. And I yeah. said, Merv, no hard feelings. Uh, I want you to know I'm doing fine right now. And all the silverware just dropped. I made it the loudest <laughs> noise in the world in the middle of this restaurant. And he died laughing. I thank God he died laughing. And that kind of was all right after that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was great working with Merv because he was there every single day, man. He would tell the best stories, man, because he had that show for so long. He's met yeah. everybody, yeah, the Beatles. Yeah. And I would listen every morning. i go down there. I couldn't wait to go to work, you know, and get up and, and tape another game show, you know. And listen to Merv talk. Yeah, the And game. you're doing the blow then too. 
No, I stopped doing the blow then. I, I, I didn't do. I had to be real focused for that one because there was so much to do on, on memorizing the rules. Since right, the games right, were yeah, very different every day, right. the games I had new rules every day. Couldn't be out of your mind. And I, I, I we only gave away cash, which was Merv's brainchild because it was ahead of his casino and. Anyone who won the cash would have to walk through the casino to get to their car and basically put it back right in Merv's pocket. <laughs> so we only gave cash away, and we played the, the coolest games. We came Whatever we came up with, Merv would build it for us. I mean, we came up with some wild shit. We were the first ones to do the Velcro wall, you know? Right. And uh, uh, we, had some, we got in trouble with the gaming commission because we kind of cheated on a lot of the things. Um, we would cheat on the games. It would be rigged. We didn't know you weren't allowed to rig the games if, right. if there was money involved in stuff. Uh, so I would be like a block stacking contest with somebody under the table pushing a rod up through through yeah, my yeah, blocks. Yeah, you right. Mine would always be one higher than theirs, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and they couldn't figure it out. And then, <laughs> So we, we got a lot of letters of complaint, and we would answer them by taping a quarter to the paper and say, here's a quarter, Go call someone who gives a fuck. And <laughs> yeah. the, Murph found out we were sending out these letters and he just blew a stack and then we, we got we to get legit. We, we got to get legit, yeah, yeah. So it was a fun show. It was fun. But uh, after that, uh, after after the uh, money being stolen from me and quitting the show, that was the downward spiral. That started the drug use again. And then so, we were you just doing <clears> clubs <throat> and stuff? Yeah, I was doing clubs and, and but I was doing... Uh, it wasn't pretty healthy. I wasn't healthy. At that. It was a bad state of mind. I've been two times. I've been in a bad state of mind. That and when I got divorced. Yeah. Both times I I I I never ever think about suicide ever. But I was just kind of contemplating. Like when I got divorced, I was sitting there with a gun in my mouth. Not it wasn't loaded, but I just wanted to feel the drama. Sure. I wanted to. Not divorce it, is horrible. It was, it was and, and, really bad because mine mine was really bad because she just didn't tell me why. She just said, "I'm going back to Australia. I'm leaving. I'm leaving you." She wouldn't tell me why, really. And I thought we had a good marriage. And, and but were you out of control? <clears throat> no, I was not out of control. I'm never out of control. I'm not. Uh, even though I've done dr- drugs, don't make me out of control. Yeah, I've always been there, f- paying my bills, and always been doing my shows. And so after you lost the three hundred thousand, what happened? Would you just go back to the road? And yeah, it's kind of like uh, now you worked with a lot of people. I mean, everyone knew you. You were a respected guy. You worked with Seinfeld, and yeah, you know, yeah, it was yeah. I did. Uh, I was with Jerry when his dad died. We did a show that night. Oh really? It was for the president of the really? United States. Yeah, get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, we got a call. I got a call from the Secret Service when I was in the hotel room in Atlanta. And I got a call, and uh, I was like, this is the Secret Service. Do you want to do a show for the president? And I just hung up, you know, thinking it was like, you know, my <laughs> friends, because they do that shit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my agent calls back and says, what, well, what the fuck are you doing? That was really the Secret Service. So they did a background check and found out I didn't have any arrests, and my background was clean. And so they told me, if you want to do the show, be at the corner of 58th and Broadway, at like 7.30 in the morning and we'll pick you up and a black van will pull up. We can't tell you where where you're going or where the location is. Real hush-hush. So I went and they, I paid for everything. They didn't pay for anything. So when I got there, there was Seinfeld and uh, uh, Yakov Smirnoff. Real, what were they doing in Atlanta? Uh, no, I got the call in Atlanta. Oh, okay. This was, we had to go to New York. Oh, okay. And the, the, we got in this van. And the three it, Yeah, and they took us under this tunnel under the Hudson Bay, uh, the Hudson Bay, uh, Governor's Island, yeah, which is like a military base, right? And that's where the president was going to do be, and they flew him in in a helicopter, and we all we did a show for him. He was way far back in a reviewing stand; they kept us away from him. Was there a crowd? 
Yeah, there was a crowd, and there was kids, and then there was a big lawn, and then there was the president. Did was, you meet him? It was the president of France was there, too, President Mitterrand. Did you meet him? No, they kept us away from him. They kept we, me away from him. Maybe you sang What year was that? So that was- This was the set in, in 80, uh, it was a bicentennial year for the Statue of Liberty's fireworks okay, show. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, um, so <laughs> I decided, well, this is the first time I ever did ecstasy, right? Yeah. I'm going to do a hit of ecstasy- Before. And do a show for, for the president. Well, yeah. that's only natural, right? Yeah. And so- I started getting off on it and never done it before. And the Secret Service just was beating down on me, man. I, I, you felt it. I felt their eyes on me. Every second I felt them fucking staring at me and Not I'm getting trip, really huh? paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> and then my road manager shoot tests my blank gun off like an idiot. He yeah. shoots off my gun backstage. Uh, yeah. They freak and, out? Oh, they, they materialized like out of Star Trek, man. They just came out of nowhere and tackled his ass to the ground. Really? Yeah. They knew it was fake. They wanted to prove a point. Right. So he's like 400 pound guy. You know, they, they had him down like hog time. So you're out of your mind on ecstasy <laughs> yeah, performing watching, for Reagan. Watching my road manager get, get, get beefed down to the ground. Oh, I got to clear something up. Now, the one rumor that there was always around was that you got banned from Letterman because yeah, you flipped somebody I off. I did. Yeah, I got banned from Letterman because I made a bet with a DJ named Kevin Matthews who worked in Chicago. And I bet him that I wouldn't flip flip him off sometime during the show. It was like a $100 bet. And that, yeah. and that cost me- It was your first Letterman. First Letterman. Uh, I He called me over to sit down and I scratched my nose with my middle finger right. thinking that that's, that's the winning bet. Yeah. And it wouldn't look obvious, but I mean, it, it looked really bad. <laughs> I watch it now today and I see it and I go, and it was Robert Morton who, who was producing the show then and he thought I did it to him. Right. Because he had cut my time back down by a whole minute and I was mad and, and I, he thought I was flipping him off. And so he told me, you'll never be on the show ever again. Did he say I knew what you were doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he knew exactly what I was doing and, he, he th and I couldn't convince him that I wasn't doing it to him, you know. You tried so, to tell him that it was yeah, a bet. Yeah, I said it was a bet. Yeah, and it was, and and so I never he I didn't do the show. The, then he got fired. Uh, maybe fifteen years later, he got fired, and Letterman saw my Comedy Central special. Yeah, and uh, personally called. He himself called to have me on the show. Yeah, and I said, I wonder if he remembers that I had done a show before. Yeah. Now, if you watch me come out on the second time I did Letterman, he's you see me laugh my head off when I'm walking out after the intro. It's because he stood up behind his desk and, and did did this to me, like flipped me <laughs> off, and I started laughing. No, it's all he does remember this, right? So listen to this. I did the, probably the best set I've ever done at, yeah. on Letterman. It kicked ass. Yeah, and I was in my dressing room, like, getting undressed, and I was so happy. The producers came back there and said to me, uh, "We can't air that. What you with that set you just did?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about? I just I killed it." And I said, "Well." I stabbed a girl in the head. My assistant was a girl, and I, I stabbed her in the head with a pair of scissors, and it looks really extremely real. And uh, he took offense to that. They, and, and Who first, did? Well, he's, the guy said, Dave wants to see you up in his office. Yeah. He'll explain why. Yeah. So, uh, and he says, I don't know why, but nobody goes up to his office. He doesn't want anybody up in his office. So I got go up to Dave's office, uh, and he said, I, I want to explain something to you. I have a real strong position against violence towards women. And I went, well, Dave... That's it's slapstick is yeah. what it is. So what you're doing basically is you're 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 because it's a woman. It's right. If it was but it's also the classic sort of uh, the assistant, the magician's assistant. Yeah, guy. and it was a, it was a slapstick gig. But mm -hmm. he, 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 but then he said, but but the way he started it, he says nobody's a bigger fan of yours than my, than I am. And after he said that, he could have said anything. It didn't matter. Right. Because uh, after he, I heard that, I'm like, well, that's all I could think. And about. they pulled it. They, they no. They said we're going to hold the same audience 
for 15 minutes. If you can come up with another set and get out there, and we'll tape another set. And I, I don't have my props. I'm a prop comic. I don't yeah. have 15. I don't have another five minutes. So, so I went out and did the same material, except for I, I took the bit with the stabbing out and put something else in there. So the audience was watching the same set, laughing, trying to make it sound. Right. It was nowhere near as good. Did as they it. run that? Yeah, they ran that. Uh. And and you can see the discrepancy is because uh, uh, the audience just, they're kind of stunned by me coming back out again and watching me do the show, show yeah. again. And, and they didn't explain it. Yeah, and so the, every time I do Letterman, it's, it's surrealistic like that. And then, then I did a show at Foxwoods Casino, mm-hmm. and uh, we were sold out, and they, he snuck in to see my show. Really? Yeah, and they told me he was there, but he didn't come up to me and say anything. Oh, that's so I called his office the next day, and, and I said, "Were you at my show last night?" And he went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I was there." I just he loves you. Yeah, he does like the show a lot. Yeah, he's a big fan. So that's good because not not a lot of people like prop guy. It's, it's amazing. Who called you that you're most impressed with that found out that that, that you like they, they loved your show? Who was, who was the biggest celebrity oh. that called you out of the blue? That said, you know what? I really love what you're doing. Well, Robin's been a pretty good fan of mine. Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he, did he see you live and come yeah, up to yeah. you? After? Well, he's seen me live, and he's uh, he's left messages before. Yeah, like, oh, like, it's weird. It's nice when somebody calls you like that. I got a call from Carlin, and then you don't when know I, if you're supposed to call back. I never know. Like I'm like, what if do they I, leave their number and say call back, yeah. I, I would never call back. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I never would. I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm bashful. Like Carlin that. called you. Yeah, when I when I was in Vegas, when I started my run in Vegas. Um, I was just supposed to do two weeks for Brenner to fill in while he was on vacation at the Gold Nugget, and two weeks turned into thirteen years. That's where. Uh, so you had like you were you had tenure there. You just I, had, I did. I was there for thirteen years. I just last January I, I, is when I quit doing. And that's it. big. Like so, you're all set. Oh yeah. After that, I mean, that was like three to four million a year, man. That was wow. that was big money, big money because I was filling up up the, up the rooms, and. Uh, uh, was that Carlin called me and left a 20 minute message he must have been tweaking or something yeah, yeah. but he examined my whole show he took the whole show apart and said why it's funny and why he thought this was great and he was dissecting it all in his head as he was talking on the phone and it just it wasn't rambling it actually if you listen to it it made sense but I mean it, it was to he the just, layman he really, he really took it in oh he loved it he said oh I just love you man I just love your stuff and after that there was nothing that anybody, no review, nothing that anyone could say that would, would falter my confidence in my show. Because, right. Because after Carlin says that, who who do you have to fucking prove? It's, yeah, it's like being uh, knighted. It is like being knighted, yeah, <laughs> man. Because, God, damn, I'm sure he didn't do that. He did that once when I was sitting with Lenny Clark. He, he called Lenny Clark and did that to him when I was in the room once. And, I was, and t- 10 years later, it happened to me. So That's sweet, man. Yeah. Vegas was Vegas is good in, in the fact that people come out and see you. You know, uh, a lot of stars go to Vegas and they'll come out and see you. Know, like, oh, yeah. yeah. In the audience, they'll say, like, Kevin Spacey's in the audience. Tonight. Really? It's really fun. Yeah. That was cool. I like playing Vegas for that reason, yeah. And you live there. I'm so starstruck, too. I'm like, you. Yeah, I like, I like yeah. to see stars. Oh, know? yeah, me too. Like, yeah. But you so, live there, so you set I up did. shop there, and that was the big payout. I lived at the Gold Nugget for two years. I lived inside the casino. They gave me they gave me the, the suite, you know, the Frank Sinatra suite. And, and they feed you and whatever oh, you want. Oh, you got signing privileges. When you're doing business in yeah. Vegas, no, you don't pay for anything. You sign you sign your name on So that was like, that. you won. I did win. I did win. Uh, the first two years I was there at the Gold Nugget, I made more money than probably I ever saved in my whole that whole career. You know? And what'd you do with it? Uh, I put it in the bank because I, I've always been taught to save money. So I lived on my merchandise money, my t-shirt money, and, mm-hmm. and put my paycheck in and the what, bank. And what about the blow? 
uh, wasn't doing blow back then. No. You think that coincides with whenever I was making the most money? Well, <laughs> like just, the game I, like, show, you, I wasn't you, doing you blow. Just had, you had this I, reputation. I, I just yeah, know. no, the reputation. I don't think that really bugged anybody because of there wasn't any bad shows or didn't no, no. Show but I just was or, wondering, like, if that was true, like you were, like how much you were when doing. I, when I, no, I wasn't doing any any blow when I was doing the nugget. I was clean. I, I've been. I go through bouts of, of clean. You know, I yeah. go for two, three years without yeah. doing it, and then start up. Right. And then, yeah, it hasn't been the entire time. Right. And then I put all drugs away and was just. I didn't do a lot of different ones. I was just doing coke for a while, and then, yeah. then I switched to speed for a while, and but. Um, never affected me except for now I'm, I'm dying of a heart condition so but when you were in vegas for 13 years what did you end up like how how extravagant did things get you bought a house in vegas oh yeah i bought i bought a, a beautiful house i bought a mansion man i just like a castle and, yeah and, and and i got 27 cars yeah what I kind collect, of cars uh, muscle cars uh, mostly muscle cars. american muscle cars yeah nothing yeah. foreign no, yeah. no foreign cars all, yeah uh, all some of them are back from the 30s a pierce arrow 32 pierce arrow beautiful car What's your favorite uh, one to drive? Um, I, it depends on what, what kind of mood I'm in and how fast I got to be there. Like yeah. I, I like driving to work. That's what I liked about Vegas. Is my show was at ten and I would leave the house at quarter to ten. Right. You know, people would think <laughs> I'm backstage getting ready, but I'm I'm still at home. You know, finishing <laughs> dinner. Yeah. And I I I could make it to the strip and in my in a Corvette at sixty one Corvette. Yeah. I could I could pull that in ten minutes, man. I could be there. Yeah. Yeah. And all the cops knew me, so I, if I did get pulled over. Uh, I didn't get searched. I didn't because they any, knew you. Yeah, they knew who I was, and so uh, living in Vegas is it's a really small community. It's, you know, it's who are not, your buddies? All the actually, Carrot Top. I would hang out with him and Chris Angel. Are, uh, um, they were all my friends. We all have a group that we hang out with. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's it was what about really the fun. old guard? Are the there old, any left? Wayne Newton or anybody? I uh, never hung out with Wayne Newton. No, <laughs> no I'm trying to think of the old guard. No, I didn't hang out with any of the old ones. They're they're Slayton, Bobby Slayton. Yeah. yeah, he was there for a year or two. Yeah, yeah, he tried. He tried. A lot of comics came and tried to get their act permanently there, but it's not. I don't know what it is. It's not easy to do. It's not easy. First of all, the marketing. I'm spending thirty grand uh, a month on advertising. Right. Just on ads, you know, billboards. You personally? Yeah, yeah. My deals have always been four wall, uh, four wall deals. You know, you. I take whatever comes in. All you know? in, yeah. Since, since I I had to draw and I was filling the rooms, I like that deal the best because all the money goes to me. You know. So you would market however you wanted to. Uh, no, they they'll tell you how to market. <laughs> they want control over you. They totally yeah. want control over you. Right. That's the problem with the casinos. I had a real rough time uh, <clears throat> when I when I was leaving the Gold Nugget to go to the Flamingo. They were pissed off that I was leaving because I had really done a good job. I, I made their demographic younger, and, right. and, and they were happy, and, and I got a better offer. So I went, and they just slammed me. They gold nugget, bad-mouthed me, and said it was hard to work with, just tried to destroy me. And and other casinos listen to that shit. You know, They believe it. But the Flamingo took me, and I, I made more money at the Flamingo. What'd they say about you? Oh, they just said I was hard to work with and, and, and all this crap. And then... Then they had to eat crow because after I was done at the Nugget, they uh, Flamingo, they made me a big offer to come back there. Oh, really? They made me, uh, yeah. I got a th they offered me three million dollars to come back. Uh, I didn't have to pay for any advertising. Yeah, I didn't. It was a straight three million million in your pocket, and so that. After saying I was hard to work with, they had to. I, I, you know, if I'm so hard to work with, why are you making me this deal? But to come back, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I was ready to go. I was ready to go back, and and I got to sign the deal. And then the week before I was to open, they sold, 
MGM Grand sold the Gold Nugget to uh, these two f- dickheads, uh, Tim and Tom. They own, they started uh, Travel uh, Travelocity or something, mm-hmm. internet money, and they bought the Gold Nugget, and uh, my deal went, went away. Yeah, went away. They were supposed to honor the contract anyway. Yeah, but they, but they didn't. So, so what? What else did you do with your money? You bought cars. Um, you bought a mansion. I did. I did stupid things. I like. I recreated. You got a plane? No, I recreated a, a drive-in movie theater I used to work at when I was a kid uh, in Michigan. I used to always work at drive-ins. You yeah. Know? And I, I had all these cars, and I said, well, how am I going to store these cars? So I got this giant warehouse at the airport, and I, bu- I built a drive-in movie theater, an indoor one. But you would swear that you were outdoors, because I have a planetarium projector that projects stars up in the sky. And who goes to this thing? Oh, uh, well, I do, and my friends do, and I rent it out <laughs> once in a while. Copperfield's use it, Pantera's used it a few times, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, people, I just, I was going to rent it out to the public, but I, I decided I don't want people See? sitting in my car, so... But uh, yeah, it was—it's amazing. I—I I, I had murals painted on each warehouse wall of more cars, so it looks like you're sitting in a long row of cars. Now, like you hang out with Copperfield and Chris Angel. Yeah, yeah. Do they look at you as a magician? Um, not really. No. Do magicians no. play? Uh, if I what? fool them, they get mad. If I—if I learn a trick and show Copperfield, I just showed him recently. He got mad because because it was me. He couldn't figure it out. Yeah, he couldn't figure it out. Really? Yeah. And, and, and no magician could figure it out. And, and you was, made the trick up? No, I didn't make the trick up. I was shown it. Someone showed it to me, and I showed every magician I showed to, but professional, n- didn't have a clue how it was done. Really? Yeah, I'll show it to you afterwards. I, I can, it'll blow your mind. Okay. But uh, yeah, they they look at me more of, uh, as a friend. See, I'm I'm a neutral guy. Yeah. I'm not a threat to them. So right. That's why they, they'll all hang out with me. Because you're like they hate each other. Different type of entertainer. Oh, they hate each other. Like oh, so you can't hang out with Angel? No, no, no. You know, if Chris Angel hates Copperfield, vice versa. They have a big feud going on you know copperfield doesn't want to give up the crown the crown you know? right uh nor should he you know but and chris wants it and and so they're making up titles left and right the magician of the millennium and the magician of the century really yeah all these are these are like bought do you guys over- ever bust each other's balls do you ever play tricks on each other uh me and chris yeah I mean, copperfield's got a good sense they all have six sense of humor and i'm a, a well, copperfield's n- boyhood friend was a comedian right ted bloomberg do you know was it do you alan bersky was yeah he made him cry bersky made david cry he did when david was little he came into, into the magic shop with a business card and he stole this logo from alan yeah. this rabbit that yeah. alan had copyrighted right. and, and alan yelled at copperfield at the magic shop and made, made david cry Aww. yeah Dave, uh, never, never forget that one. Really? Yeah. But yeah. do you guys do pranks on each other? Oh yeah, I do elaborate pranks, man. I do. I'm a practical joker. I so I have a book out of practical talk, joking. What's I've, the best I've prank? Done, oh, I've got people on some amazing shit, man. I've I've, I've sent people to, to do gigs that weren't even real. <laughs> yeah, I sent. <laughs> <laughs> I've done some really good stuff. That's horrible. Do oh, yeah. you pay them at least? Well, my whole house is rigged up, so they all like they they. <laughs> I build these things that, and put them in my house, and then they they come over and see them, and they want to have them. I have a I put this in Chris's Angel's bathroom. I put a shelf, and on the shelf's a cremation urn, and it says, "This is my lucky rap, my rabbit lucky, yeah. always in my heart." Yeah. You know, and and when people are in the bathroom, all they have to do is hit this remote control, and the shelf drops down, yeah. and the cremation urn falls on the ground, and all this ashes spill on the ground. People in the bathroom. They freak, man, because well, yeah, yeah. And Chris is at the door, going, "Is everything okay in there?" And they're 
<laughs> trying to clean this mess up, and and some of them don't come out, and some of them come out and not like what? I don't know what you're talking about. It's so funny just to put people in that spot, man. And I yeah. and I built stuff like that for them. And Copperfields, I built some wild shit, shit for him too, man. To put in his house? Yeah, he's got a room with the ventriloquist dolls. He's yeah. got. All the famous ones, Whale and Flowers. He's got Madame in there. Charlie McCarthy. Charlie McCarthy, and he's got uh, the Cliff Robertson one from from Twilight Zone. And oh wow! There's a whole room of them. They're great. And I I had rigged up uh, so when people come near the room, it activates the sound. You can hear them talking, talking. and you hear them going, shh, shh, shh. They're coming. They're coming. And then you hear glass breaking. And then when you come in the room. There's a broken there. glass on the ground and no one moved. <laughs> Nothing's moving. It's really eerie. So I like that kind of stuff. I like scaring people a lot. Like man. haunted houses? Oh, I, I built a haunted house in Vegas. That's another thing I did with my, my money. On two, your property? Two year, no, two years ago, um, the plaza downtown, Yeah, they gave me a hotel to, to trick out. They said, you can have two floors of this hotel to build a haunted house. Do whatever you want. Yeah. And I said, are you serious? I can do it. And I had the use of the elevator. I built the, the state-of-the-art haunted house, man. And uh, two years ago, we opened it, and, and it was great. It was such a good haunted house. I mean, there wasn't those rules that you can't touch. Right. You got touched. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got your ankles grabbed. Yeah, so you just like designing this shit. Oh, yeah. I designed it. It took me, it took me a How year. Do you do, do, do you do all the machine work on this stuff, too? I you build have stuff. Yeah, I help build stuff. But I, I, I'm now I'm delegating most of it. I go in there. You and design it. it. I design it and oversee yeah. it being done. But I have most of it. Some of my house is tricked out. I mean, the... My house has been on TV a bunch of times on different shows, house shows. People come over, and uh, I've got a doll in a, in a glass case hanging on the wall, a display case, yeah. and this girl's doll is in there, but I have it chained. The arms are chained in the case, and the, I put some blood on the dress. Yeah. And they're like, right away, they're drawn to that. Well, like, why do you have that? And I said, well, it's, it's from a famous movie, a director. Read the inscription on the foot, and when they get close to it, this doll comes alive and starts thrashing inside this case and the, the door opens and she's and it's just the horror on their face man i mean just to see this you doll, like shocking people yeah oh what do you, yeah. where do you think that came from I, I don't know ever since i was a kid my family was kind of like that if someone said i'm going to go take a bath you you run to the bathroom and hide behind the door before, you know just to yeah out. yeah yeah we were we like scaring each other you know yeah um and i always was building spook houses when i was a kid i never played sports you play sports no when you were little? a lot of comics i don't know they don't play sports yeah, i don't know i never did i'm not a sports i'm guy not at a all. sports guy at all either so yeah. I, when they were all playing on the football on the street i was building haunted houses and i would get them to to come on and do that you know so have you now with this heart condition have you have you had any problems what i mean, mean have you have you gone down have I gone down, what, had a heart attack? Yeah. No, but I've fainted uh, three times. I've fainted in the last year um, because of the medicine. I'm, they're thinning my blood right now, keeping it really thin so that my heart doesn't strain. Right. So when I stand up real fast, sometimes I, I get dizzy and I, I faint. Uh, it's happened to me three times, and it's scary as hell. One time I woke up, I had a gas gas pump uh, handle in my hand, and then all my money was blown down the street, and I woke up, and I'm like, what the fuck? I was pumping gas. I must have been pumping gas. Yeah, you don't remember what you were doing, and it's really disorienting, and you get mad. You get, yeah. and, then, and then I hit my head. I, I, once I passed out in my bedroom, and it smacked my head, and... Yeah, and but that's just from the medicine. I think that that's what's causing that. Well, you look good. I do. You know, I feel all right, except for like I said, if I try to do something, my legs lock up and my hands lock up. But 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 other than that, yeah. Other than that, 
you well, feel all right? Yeah, I do feel all right. I feel fine, man. I feel fine, and I don't think anything's going to happen. I don't see me going out that way. Well, good. I see me going out maybe in an accident leaving here. Okay, in the limo. No, don't do that. <laughs> then I don't want. Don't don't attach it to my show. I want to have it attached to your show. <laughs> I should fake it right now. If I faked it, you you have to believe me. <laughs> I, I believe That's it, my bro. biggest fear is people think I'm fucking around. Since, On stage, since you I'm drop. a big practical joker, yeah. everybody always you know there's a, se- a hesitancy about helping me up. Well, you just got to tell them you're sick. That's what I do to the audience. I tell them, look, I, if I fall, I'm not kidding around. Come get me. Because a lot of people died that way. Tommy Cooper died that way. Dick Sean. Dick Sean died that way. Yeah. I don't want to be, I want I want to do it here in this studio. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, so this is it. You're retiring. I'm done, man. I'm done. If you want to see the show now, it's going to be uh, reruns or you have to buy the tapes. or I, we got to figure out what I'm going to do for money now, you know? I got enough to live on, but I, I want... I want money coming in. Why don't you design oh. some state-of-the-art haunted houses? Yeah, I'm gonna, no, I have a practical joke company. I think I'm, I'm going to start. That's what, up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope you. I hope you, your health uh, holds uh, steady. I think it will. Well, thanks I, for I, talking I, to me, man. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just as fun as I thought it'd be. It's great to see you. All right, man. <laughs>